All right, glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, it's, I, I'm beginning to get this feeling things are coming apart at the seams in some places and, and temperatures rising, and, and we see the madness. I think a lot of it rooted in 195 days until Election Day. Um, part of it, also some of the more restrictive measures of big government, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, now, I mean, I don't even know. I don't have words can't describe Joe Biden anymore. You just can't. We've got 45,000 or so Americans now, nearly 46,000 uh, that are dead. About 22 million Americans out of work. And Joe Biden's comments yesterday, he's excited about the coronavirus crisis and made it clear as an opportunity to advance his extreme radical left-wing green deal agenda. And he said the, all of this out loud, he was speaking to wealthy donors that he actually said he is excited about the COVID crisis. He says, I believe because Sort of the blinders have been taken off because of the COVID crisis. I think people are realizing, my Lord, look at what is possible. Look at the institutional changes that we can make. And if I sound like I am excited, I am. Huh? Excited? It's sort of like when Trump said to fake news Acosta, uh, this is about death, Jim. There's no happy talk. It's death talk. It's people dying talk. Um, and it, it's hard to believe, but, you know, that's what he said. Those are his words. And uh, we'll get back into that later. You know, again, but in the midst of madness, then you got the craziness, which I'm going to get to in great detail in a second. Then you, you got this incredible story. I think I saw it on Twitchy. Sweet Baby James printed it out. There were 40 workers from a company in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, called Brascom America. And apparently they voted to literally live at their factory where they work for 28 straight days, work round the clock, 12-hour shifts, to make the raw materials that were needed and necessary to make the N95 masks. After nearly a month of 12-hour shifts making the raw materials for N95, or if you're Joe Biden, N96 masks, more than 40 employees are going home. They deserve a break in our thanks and our appreciation. Uh, but they did it for 28 straight days. Amazing people, more than 40 of them. And, uh, wow. I mean, but that's all over the country. We see it. Look at all the people on the front lines now. This is the front cover of the New York Post today. States shocking new guidelines for EMS during the virus crisis. No pulse, no CPR, none. New York City medics, first responders, firemen, they are they are outraged, vowing they're not going to listen to this order that has been given them. And it's been given to them. But anyway, New York State has issued a drastic new guideline for paramedics telling them not to waste their resources trying to save anyone without a pulse. Um, and the technicians were previously told their, their guidelines are, sp yeah, spend up to 20 minutes trying to revive people. Now, usually the FDNY, now it's not a high percentage of people whose lives they are able to save, but they save about four out of 
every hundred patients, uh, a small percentage granted, but patients with no pulse that actually are brought back to life using CPR and other aggressive interventions. Uh, that means the world. That means daddy stays alive for the kids and mom stays alive for the kids. And in New York, they're basically telling you to, you know, drop dead. Oh, I'll use de Blasio's own words. If you don't have if you don't get the 20 minutes, if you have no rhythm, one, one medical professional service worker told the New York Post, now you don't get 20 minutes of CPR. If you have no rhythm, they simply let you die. Some others were also outraged. They're not giving people a second chance to live anymore, fumed another head of the union whose members include the uniformed EMTs and paramedics in New York. Our job is to bring patients back to life. This guideline takes that away from us. Can you imagine the pride? Maybe it's only four out of 100, but you're working. And maybe, you know, maybe maybe the kids are watching you work. Maybe the the mother, the wife, the husband, they're watching you work. And then all of a sudden, it's one of the four out of 100 that come back to life and they actually end up saving that person's life. You don't think that's worth the 20 minutes? Wow, unbelievable. Talk about a death panel. Don't have a heart attack in New York. Uh, Also, a lot of fury in New York uh, as we uh, come on the air today. So, comrade, Mr. Do-Nothing useless de blasio uh you know this guy are you gonna tell new yorkers to drop dead mr trump and i'm like you idiot you you know you unappreciative dope i mean donald trump he gave you every ventilator you had because you were stupid enough to to auction them off the 500 you had that bloomberg got out of a recommended 10,000 that you needed just for the city of new york And what did you do? You didn't maintain them. You auctioned them off and you don't even know who bought them. The only ventilators you had in New York were the hospitals and the doctors that had their own. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, So every and all those hospital beds that were built at the Javits Center, 3000 of them and the Navy hospital ship, the Comfort, which Governor Cuomo says they don't need anymore. He was thankful yesterday when he was in Washington, at least I know they've had their little rows here and there, but at least he is thankful. You know, the Blasio, you're going to tell New York to drop dead? Well, if Trump didn't send the ventilators, build you the hospitals, man the hospitals, man the Navy ship hospital, man the biggest hospital in the country for you at the Javits Center, 3,000 beds, uh, that probably would have been the net result, comrade de Blasio. Unbelievable. And now on top of that, uh, everything else that the president sent, the respirators, the shields, the face masks, the gowns, the gloves, comrade de Blasio had nothing. He had no preparation. And he should be, New York City should be, it's his second term, uh, the most prepared for a pandemic, geographically the smallest area, highest concentration of people. Article in the Wall Street Journal today about how uh, escape from New York. Many New York City residents are packing up their apartments, heading for the hills or suburbs to escape the pandemic, some permanently. Uh, Governor, uh, one of the governors, maybe it was in Connecticut, saying, who was it? Governor Jim Justice, I'm sorry, of, of West Virginia, is actually saying, yeah, coronavirus may drive an urban exodus, return to rural life. Well, if you're going to leave New York City, don't bring your your dopey liberal ideas with you. You know what that means? If you factor in now that 
that companies are, are figuring out that teleworking works. You look at the high cost of renting any office space in New York, and you can have at least half your workforce be productive from home and not have to travel. You'll end congestion in New York. You know what that's going to do to New York's economy? It's going to tank it completely. You know what it's going to do to the real estate market? It's going to dive. Uh, you want to know what, what all the high taxes, regulations? Look, I, I've been warning about this coming for years because remember back when uh, Governor Rick Perry of Texas at the time, Governor Bobby Jindal, Louisiana at the time, now Senator, then Governor Rick Scott, how did I get to know these guys so well? Because they were in New York, usually in the city. They'd come by the studio once a month because they were literally enticing businesses to move to their states where there's less burdens of regulation and far less you're paying in taxes. And guess what? They were pretty successful. Number one mass exit estate is New York. Now, Comrade de Blasio, by the way, he put up what's a, a snitch line in New York. Literally, he's, he's asking fellow New Yorkers to report the names of people that are not socially distancing, socially distant violations. Uh, and what he's getting are pictures of the middle finger, comparisons to Hitler. Uh, according to this article I'm reading in the New York Post, he's getting a lot of uh, curse words in there, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, really, we're going to turn this. This is how we're going to now. Oh, I saw my neighbor was four feet, not six feet away from the other neighbor, and they didn't have their respirators on. It's, you know, they're causing problems here. You know, one thing that uh, the Attorney General Barr said, really interesting article, that the DOJ could side with citizens' lockdown lawsuits if the governors go too far. And he rightly said, our constitutional rights don't go away in a emergency. They constrain what the government can do. And in circumstances like this, they put on the government the burden to make sure that whatever burdens it's putting on our constitutional liberties are strictly necessary to deal with the specific problem. He said they have to be targeted. They have to use less intrusive means if they are equally effective in dealing with the problem. You know, he said, you know, initially when you're faced with a potential catastrophe, the government can deploy measures. Why have I, why have I kept mentioning medical privacy so much? Because it's important. And it's and some of these governors are going too far. By the way, Colorado's Democratic governor has decided to end the lockdown in that state. Um, we there's a lot of controversy over some of the largest public companies taking payroll loans that were meant for small businesses. And, and these a lot of these companies were, you know, you know, on the S&P, on the stock exchange, et cetera. I guess they'll have to figure all that out. Um, Connecticut police now are testing what they call a a pandemic drone that will actually be able to take a and scan for body temperatures of residents to determine if they have fevers or other health symptoms. This now gets into very shaky, dangerous Orwellian 1984 nightmare scenarios here. I I, I think there is a a place like a stadium where you might take someone's temperature, but do it anonymously. Somebody has a high temp. They can't go into an arena, even with masks and gloves. Um, but it has to be done with all medical privacy and the person should never have to identify their name, but they're given instructions how to deal with their family so they don't infect them. What contact tracing is and a recommendation to go to the doctor, but see you later. We're not taking your name down. And we're not coming after you. 
We have we now have a Wuhan virus snitch line by Comrade de Blasio. We have progressive Democrats. This particular case, a representative from Washington state admitting she and her progressive colleagues have been blocking legislation aimed at relief to workers, small business and hospitals so they could hold on to their political leverage. Congresswoman made the comments during a, a news conference on Monday. How nice of her. Well, as if we didn't know that already. Uh, Beto Bozo steps into the fray with the president's temporary immigration hold. Who the F do you think is working on the farms? Well, I wonder why he lost. Um, you have uh, I, I, you're beginning to see a squaring off in the country that is it is getting a little bit yeah, chilling in some ways. You've got like, for example, several hundred protesters in Raleigh calling on the governor to reopen North Carolina. Georgia governor under fire and being praised different sides because he has decided and a plan to reopen gyms, nail salons, says the state has taken a measured step. Look, I'm just going to give you my again. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. You know, I tell you what I would do based on what I read. And when I say but you in consultation with your own doctors, make up your own mind. Um, I would just say as your states are reopening, I would err on the side of caution. Wear your mask longer than your friends wear it. Wear your gloves. Keep your social distancing. You know, be careful. Be smart. You don't want to get this thing. That's my advice. Even as things reopen, you can still take protective measures yourself. No one's going to no one's going to care if you're wearing a mask. We all think people care. Nobody cares about anything in our lives, to be honest. And uh, just you. So you've got to be the one that makes your informed decision yourself. Ask your doctor, ask, you know, whoever else you trust and, and whose advice you like. My advice is err on the side of caution. If you wear the mask longer, probably better than not. So all of these uh, conflicts now rising up, pockets all across the country, several several hundred protesting in, in Raleigh, in North Carolina. They want the governor to open North Carolina. Uh, every business is essential. I am essential. It's amazing how much people want to get to work. They just, they're dying to get back to work. Then you got both sides in Georgia where the governor laid out his plan that would include reopening gyms, nail salons. I, I didn't get the specific uh, specifics as to whether that would include, especially some of these. If you go into a salon, you, you know, you're going to be in pretty close proximity to people, uh, whether it includes wearing masks and gloves, et cetera. I would I would recommend if you're going to go there that I, something I would do. But again, you make your own choice. Talk to your own doctors. Um, it is, you know, for the, an Idaho mother, by the way, was arrested at a closed playground area. And that has now sparked a, a, a protest there. I mean, couldn't you just say to the, the mother, ma'am, I'm sorry, this is closed right now. I know you want to play. I know it's safe because no one else is here. Uh, but just for a little while longer, maybe appeal to people. Um, Newsom, the governor of California, implying that communities are not allowed to lift stay at home orders yet. Um, and it, it's getting heated. Now we've got drones that are pay, taking people's temperatures that are about to be used in Connecticut. And of course, you have the snitch line in New York. Um, there's a lot going on here behind the scenes. And there's a study I'll get to it in the next half hour um, about how there are people getting a paycheck from work and unemployed and 
You're seeing people resentment building in a lot of sectors here. It's percolating. You know, I will tell you one thing before I get to our Congressman Chip Roy of Texas on reopening. I, I for example, I'm, I've watched Ellen's show. I've watched her comedy routine. She's pretty funny, right? Do you? Th- I think she's funny. Do you think she's funny, Linda? I mean, you yes, know, no? moments of brilliance. Right. All right. So seems likable enough, right? Seems nice. Uh, I'm sure she has her moments, like all of us. Anyway, so the Daily Beast, man, they came out with this piece. People are finally starting to see the real Ellen DeGeneres, and it isn't pretty. Um, and just a couple of things that they put in there. One is, oh, she went, she actually went to a Dallas Cowboys game and was laughing with former President George W. Bush. Like, so what? Um, they, I, I, I guess there's some issues with some crew members that she might have. But then it goes into this other thing. The generous does. She's a she's a comedian, and I think pretty funny at times. Very funny at other times, um, and seems like a nice person to me. I don't know anything about her. Anyway, so she's doing a monologue from her house. Okay, Ellen makes a lot of money. She has a nice house. Shocker! Shouldn't shock anybody. Oprah Winfrey has a lot of money. Has a nice house. A lot of people have nice houses. Big deal. Anyway, and she. You know, in the midst of this, I think we can all use some humor. And because she said that, you know, being self-isolated, that it's like being in jail, mostly because I've been wearing the same clothes for 10 days and everyone here is gay. It's a joke. It's a joke. And apparently people are incensed by this. Um, and their arguments about it is she lives in a beautiful mansion and real prisoners are packed like sardines without any protective equipment. Okay. It's a joke. You're allowed to tell jokes and occasionally even laugh. Yeah, but see, that's where you're wrong. We're not. We're not allowed to do anything anymore. We're not allowed to laugh. Everybody takes themselves too seriously. Everyone's politically correct. The days of George Carlin. Listen, we're all it's taking over. it seriously here. It's the people like Biden who's out there saying, oh, this, I'm, I'm excited about this virus because I can change the world with it and all our yeah, policies. The, the same That's people sick. that are upset about Ellen DeGeneres making a joke don't care about Pelosi having a $24,000 refrigerator. I mean, it's complete insanity. The problem is Pelosi is, you know, hiding away in her gated community mansion one mile away. By the way, you have more people living on the street, shooting up drugs than ever before, defecating and urinating. She could have been raising money for them instead of her designer ice cream and her 40 million dollar freezer. Apparently she has. But she really belongs back in Washington. President Trump is there every single solitary day. And by the way, and I know they're finally now testing everybody in the briefing room, uh, but for a long time, this president there with the press and everybody else, um, always a chance he could, he's exposing himself to coronavirus. Uh, He's now been tested that I know of, or it's been made public twice, but he's doing his job. You know, Nancy Pelosi sits there, the same idiot who was impeaching the president while the president was putting a travel ban in place and quarantines in place. And the same person who sat there not paying attention in the state of the union to the president as he was talking about coronavirus, she was too busy with her pre-planned made for TV uh, temper tantrum. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous to rip up the papers after the speech, including the words about the coronavirus. She's the same dope that is out there February 24th telling people, oh, come to Chinatown. It's fine. It's great. 
and now saying President Trump's killing people, basically. Unbelievable. She's the one that held up the funding for hospitals. She's the one that held up the funding for American workers. She's the one that held up funding for small businesses. She's the one that tried to change immigration laws, election laws. She's the one insisting on $75 million for the National Endowment for the Arts, another $75 million National Endowment for the Humanities, another $25 million for the Kennedy Arts Center. And she's at home doing comedy shows uh, when she ought to get on her private jet, make a big fat carbon footprint right back to D.C., and move her freezer with her. I'm sure her plane has plenty of space for her freezer. I'll stock it with all the designer ice cream she can eat. But go to work. You know, the country's in the middle of a national emergency. She's doing comedy shows. And if she was doing her job and then she did a joke, fine. She's not working. One mile from her home in one direction is this area of San Francisco. It's flooded with drug addicts and homeless people and needles and feces and urine because they don't have any facilities. Uh, how about she? She's a multi, multi millionaire. Why doesn't she raise a million dollars and walk around the neighborhood and ask her millionaire friends to, hey, maybe we can build a facility where people can go to the bathroom, take a shower, maybe get some soup every day and, and some drug counseling? How about that? And maybe wash their clothes. Uh, and in the, one mile in the other direction is her office. I mean, she just avoids the troubled area. Pretty, pretty sick. Um, reopening the country is hard. Congress, this bill now went from $300 billion now to $445 billion. I don't know how these guys in Washington intend to pay for all of this. I know that the, the, the dollar is hot. The dollar is um, the currency levels high. But this, to me, is a prescription for massive inflation. And it seems like there's no end in sight. The real answer is Americans want to get back to work. Now, I say that with this caveat. The reason at the epicenter where we are in New York that the stores are full is because, well, the guys that work in the store, they're stocking the shelves and putting themselves right in the middle of COVID-19 at risk every day. It's because the farmers farm, the packers pack, the truckers truck. That's why. And none of these people were closed down or shut down. And with with some exceptions, in particularly the meat industry in like Iowa and South Dakota, where they've they've had these outbreaks and they're now working to fix that. Um, most people have done so successfully. I mentioned this company in Pennsylvania. Literally, they stayed at their job 28 days so that they could make the raw materials for the well, if you're Joe Biden N 96 masks, um, you know, amazing people. All the truckers truck, everyone else is working. Now, there's a way to do it. You got to do it safely. My recommendation is when they open up the beaches, when they open up this or that, I would say err on the side of caution. Wear your mask. Wear your gloves. You know, I'd like to come, I'd like to see plans for MLB, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and NHL. NHL can play games at Yankee Stadium and, they, and different outdoor stadiums. Why not? If, the, if we can get that up running, temperature checks, everyone agrees to a mask, you get a Yankee, you know, uh, symbol on your mask, whatever. If, if, if my option, speaking for me, is to stay home or to go and wear a mask, I'll wear the mask. That's my choice. 
Anyway, Chip Roy is with us from Texas and uh, to talk about the importance of opening up the economy, which is happening now in states like Tennessee, Georgia, Texas. Uh, how are you, sir? Sean, I'm doing great. Uh, good afternoon to you. Hope you're doing well. And people in New York, hope you guys are staying strong. We're obviously all praying for you and uh, working hard down here to try to get our economy going. we got to get oil and gas. Well, well if you listen to Comrade de Blasio, by, by the way, they're not yeah. letting EMTs do any resuscitation of people now. They, By the way, they have a record of about four out of every hundred people they save, but they're not allowed to do it, according to an order. This guy that had nothing, Donald Trump does everything for him, and then he's like, and we, the taxpayers all over the country, paid for the hospitals, the masks, the ventilators. Then he's saying, oh, President Trump's saying in New York, are you saying drop dead? I'm like, no, if you were left to your own devices, many thousands more would have dropped dead because you prepared for nothing. But anyway, I'm a little angry today. Well, well, now, well, now, now I heard his saying, don't worry about it. We can still get on crammed subways and that's no problem, right? I mean, it, it's just completely oblivious to what's actually really going on. And, you know, he, you know the, the, the nanny state that we've got going on around the country right now, this, this Idaho police officer here putting that woman in jail. We've got, you know, the, the people in Houston saying you got to wear masks, you know, everywhere in public. And God bless the police union down there. They're saying, no, we, we don't need to, We're not going to go and force, you know, every single human being wearing a mask around the city. We need to use common sense, do what we need to do to reengage. But the most important thing, Sean, and I wrote this in National Review on March 20th, that we need to have a date for getting back in our economy going. We can't have dollar oil and gas. We just can't have dollar barrel oil. We can't have 22 million unemployed. We can't be running around. Uh, allowing our world to get shut down. My father is a 77-year-old survivor of polio from 1949. He lived through a pandemic, and he's telling me that he wants the pursuit of happiness for his kids, grandkids, to be able to have the country that he inherited and that he passed down to me. And we've got to save this country by reengaging and getting involved with commerce, uh, or we're going to uh, not understand the level of the depression that we're going to have if we don't do it when the real estate markets collapse and oil and gas collapses. I, I just so don't see do any possible way to spend more monies than we're spending now. But now you're right. We got to get up and running and do it as safely as possible. And I, look, I think testing is more and more millions of tests and agents and swabs are now being procured. Right. You know, there'll be a lot more of that. Certainly, New York City is going to be tougher. I, look, I have my plan for New York City. I would say half the workforce can work from home. That would create more natural social distancing inside of yep. buildings. I think everybody entering a building, a minimum, they've got to get a temperature check. Uh, I protecting medical privacy, of course, and, and civil liberties. And then you got to wear a mask and gloves to get into a New York City building for now. It's temporary. It's not going to last long. You know, we'll get yeah, through but, this. But you're exactly right about the spending, right? Washington keeps throwing money at the problem, but they're not actually making the money actually work. I've got small businesses and restaurants throughout my district that can't actually use the money. Why? Because Congress in its infinite wisdom are paying more people to not work through the unemployment insurance program than to work. So they're telling them to go borrow money. They're telling them to go to the government, borrow more money. And they're telling them to be able to, you know, that they have to have a certain level of employment in order to get that money forgiven. But they can't hire people because those people are at home getting paid more from unemployment insurance. And we're not even going to have debates. We're not going to have any votes on amendments. We're going to go there, and Queen Pelosi is going to tell us what the bill looks like. And then we're going to have to vote on it tomorrow with no amendments and no ability because we're not there doing our job while we're asking people in supermarkets. And is it exactly and the same bill in the Senate or is she going to put her, you know, usual uh, waste, fraud and abuse in there? 
Well, I believe they're going to call up the Senate bill as it came through. But remember that that took forever because they were waiting because uh, Nancy Pelosi kept demanding more stuff. And so we should have passed that last week, just a clean funding bill. But we're not going to have any uh, changes to the bill to make sure that small businesses and restaurants can actually hire the people that they're saying that they have to hire because Congress is paying more people not to work than to work. I, well, I think she should fly around the country in a private jet and then lend it to everybody else in Congress. And, and everybody needs you guys need to go back to work. I mean, Absolutely. how do you ask the rest of the country to produce uh, all of the food, even for places like New York, Long Island, upstate New York? You, we have all of our 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 grocery stores are full except for toilet paper and paper towels. But short of that, all of our drug stores have all the medicines they need. They're open. Our restaurants are trying to stay open. You know, uh, it's tough because you can't go to a restaurant. A lot of them are doing pickup. My favorite restaurants are anyway. Um, well, the fact and- of the matter is, that, that's right. The fact of the matter is the president and the administration is doing their part to try to move forward and get the economy open. While Nancy Pelosi is playing games, playing political games, we want to be there working. My friends in the Freedom Caucus, you know, Jim Jordan, Andy Biggs, all of us, we're, we're ready to be working. We're ready I to be there. talk to Jim Jordan. Do our job. And, and Kevin McCarthy is saying, get us back to work safely. And there's a way to do it, just like we're yep. telling every other American to do it safely. Um, by the way, I'm sure a lot of you would, would rather more distancing, considering the political <laughs> environment we're working in. But uh, yeah. what, do, Amen, what are your but... thoughts on uh, how is this going to impact 195 days from now an election? Well, right now, I think our first job is to make sure we get this economy back, right? And if we do that, then you know, there's no question that the American people see who's fighting for them, who's fighting for small businesses versus those who are fighting for fancy refrigerators and ice cream, right? And I think this is going to be clear to the American people as this unfolds. But we have a job right now, regardless of the election, to do our job to get this economy back, because that's the most important thing. If we do that, Sean, if we get the economy, get it back, get it full functioning, uh, the American people will be 100 percent behind us. So it's our job right now to stand up and push the governors and push these local petty tyrants who are throwing moms in jail for going to the playground to get them to stop doing that and get people back. Well, to I'll work. tell you, Cuomo did one good thing in New York. Now, he had if, if you can't be socially distant, he said, yeah, you got to wear your mask. But he also said that um, if you don't do it, they're not going to arrest you. They're not going to fine you. Right. You know, this idiot mayor now has a snitch squad. You're supposed to snitch on your neighbor if they're too close to their other neighbors. It's unbelievable. All right, got to run. Thank you. Hey, Sean, be safe. Chip Roy, Texas, thanks. All right, glad you're with us. Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Notice the mob and the media, uh, you know, going with this VA study. It's it's, Even in the write-ups of it by the AP, they're acknowledging it's, it's flawed. From the get-go, and not a rigorous experiment. And apparently most of the people were like, at, you know, it, it wasn't given properly anyway. And again, we put up on Hannity.com, make your own decisions. Uh, we think Dr. Wallace, the foremost expert on hydroxychloroquine in terms of its safety, what's the first rule for a doctor? And that would be cause no harm. What's the next rule is, you know, you got to go to war with the army you have, not the army you wish you had probably still 15 months away, even though they, in record time, were able to break the sequence of this virus. Um, Vaccine is still a ways off as states reopen. What I am recommending to all of you and my wonderful audience is that you be smart and nobody's going to give a flying rip 
if you wear a mask longer than other people. You know, we, we like to all think people care what we do. But they don't. People don't. I mean, they're too wrapped up in their own lives. Let's be honest. We all think people are looking at our new car when we're driving our brand new fancy car. Uh, they're not. They don't care. You think they care. You, you know, you puffed up. You come out of the dealership. You got this cool new car and you think everybody's looking at you. They're not. People have their own lives, their own issues to deal with. It's amazing how uh, how deranged the human ego is at times. In the medical news update, coronavirus has mutated into at least 30 different strains, according to a new study. And by the way, with all of this stuff, you, I keep saying you got to check with your doctor. You got to, you know, you, you got to pay attention to this stuff. Um, even if even if the the stay uh, in place measures go away, you've got to decide. You make the decision. You talk to your doctor. You talk to the people you respect. I, I always tell you what I would do based on what I know, but in the end, I'm not making your decisions. You, you've got to make them yourself, make an informed decision. I would err on the side of caution myself, and I will. You know, still in New York, we, we, we have the lowest number of deaths since April 1st for the first time three days in a row below 500, but still a lot of people. Uh, the study in the Jerusalem Post, how coronavirus has mutated into at least 30 different strains, according to that new study. Uh, the study was done out of China. I saw the article first in the Jerusalem Post. Uh, the CDC chief is warning of a second coronavirus wave that could be deadlier. We've been talking a lot about that. The rate of coronavirus infections in Los Angeles up to 55 times higher than confirmed cases. Um, and Dr. Oz is here to break all of this down as we now try to meet the challenge of safely reopening the country. How are you, sir? Doing very well. Lots of good stuff to discuss. Yeah, you and I have discussed the mutation issue, but that's with every virus. And if my memory serves me right, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we early on, while all these conspiracy theories were out there, you know, it was manufactured in a lab, but people forgot that SARS was in fact a coronavirus and that the the virus itself covid-19 was like 98% identical to to the SARS uh coronavirus exactly very similar and i should point out that we 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 have thousands of people die every year from the older coronaviruses, not SARS, but there's ones that cause basic sore throat. But when they get into a, a, a older population and at risk population, it can wreak havoc there as well. But this study, and there's a couple that have come out, but there's one that really caught my attention. There's a Dr. Lee, very well respected, uh, arguably the top person in China doing this, which is saying a lot. And she uh, did a, a very intense deep dive into 11 patients, 11 viruses. But normally when you sequence a virus, you just you know, go through it once, that's good enough. And you, you know, she just went, and her team went through this incredible detail. And what they found was that these viruses, because they're so unstable, they continue to mutate all the time. So there's at least 30 strains with numerous mutations. But here's the part that was more interesting. They took one of these, they took the strains, they tried to grow them in cells to see what's the virulence. And the most severe was 270 times more than the least severe. And their belief is that the, uh, the, the European strain, which is what got the east coast of the U.S., is a more aggressive strain of this coronavirus than the one that came to the west coast, which came directly from China. And because it's continually mutating, uh, it's trying to you know, elude our immunity, 
Uh, there is a possibility, which is what, of course, gets people wor- worked up, that you know, we won't be able to make a vaccine. I spoke to uh, Ian Lipkin, the famous virus hunter, and he thinks that the targets that we're aiming for are not mutating, that parts of the virus mutate, the parts that make it grow faster, and et cetera, but the, the parts of it that we're going to target, like the spike protein and all, they are not going to mutate. So I, that, made me, that you know, gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, because um, I've been looking at the numbers, and this is very interesting to me. Because down in Florida, as we all know, they, they have a, a high percentage of the population down there that that is older. Um, and we always care about older people. Chances are, odds are, I mean, that's why these nursing homes were hit so hard, underlying conditions and compromised immune systems, et cetera. But, you know, when you compare, for example, the fatality per 100 thousand you know michigan's at 27 massachusetts 28.5 new york 101.2 new jersey 53.5 connecticut 33.9 florida 4.0 you look at icus per hundred thousand and what do you see okay new york 25.8 new jersey 21.7 massachusetts 15.1 michigan 13.5 florida 3.2 now one of the things that governor desantis and i know he got you know, I think just beaten up over the kids at spring break. But what they did is they went into big time these the vulnerable population in the nursing homes and they were successful. I mean, this they, they suspended visitation. They they developed ambulance assessment teams. They deployed rapid emergency support teams. I mean, they got on the older population, you know, like the villages immediately. Um, that seems to have helped there a lot. What, what is your take on it? It made a gargantuan difference as evidenced by the numbers. You got a you know, 25-fold difference in the impact of the virus on these populations. And there, there are a couple of realities. New York, in addition to being densely populated, uh, it, it, there's almost a requirement that you not socially distance. At least there was until you know, May 20th. When you're, if you're coming to work in the subway, you're on top of each other. And then, by the way, don't forget... At the time, we were telling people, don't wear a mask. We don't have enough. So we sent people who were going to take the train to the nursing home not to wear a mask because we don't have enough for the first responders that are the people in the hospital. Like the nurses are going taking the subway to the hospital and not wearing a mask. And then in the middle of all that, of course, it spreads. And then these women, generally they're women, go to work at a nursing home. Now they've got all these people who are really frail. Uh, they're not as cautious because no one was. And this is a you – know, my show today, by the way, is all about this. It's about nursing homes, the older population, and that's where so many of the deaths are happening. And how is it possible? You know, they're understaffed. Then they get sick, and they can't. Then they're super understaffed. Then you don't have regulations, and there's no there's no expectations even of the kinds of gear you probably need to wear to protect each other. So if you want to just do a you know comparison, you look at Florida, where they immediately jumped on this. Of course, they had a head start, which helped them a lot. Nobody was flying from Europe straight to Boca to uh, infect a bunch of people, which has happened to New York, you know, and we know that happened in early February. So uh, that head start made a big difference. And it, but I'll tell you what, what could be good, really good news around all this, the fact that they could do it in Florida. So if they, if they can keep the number that low as they open up now and with aggressive testing can confirm that over the next two weeks they don't get some big bolus of infected people, and God forbid older folks getting infected in particular, that will be a good sign for the rest of the country. The one thing the governor did do down there, Governor DeSantis, is he opened up the beaches and he's been saying in his briefing, sunshine is helpful. And I don't remember who said it to me, but somebody I think it was somebody on my team that had 
read somewhere that the Spanish flu pandemic, 19, what, 17 and 18, that they went back and looked, and apparently those that didn't confine themselves indoors but got some sunlight and sunshine was helpful. Now, if you're an older person and you're going to walk the beaches of Florida, I'd, I'd probably tell you out of an abundance of caution, maybe wear a mask uh, unless you're going to really, you know, walk away from where other people are. But, you know, I, I, I kind of like the idea of people getting out in the sun. Am I wrong in thinking that? Well, the one nutrient that we believe, that we know, produces the chance of getting the common cold is vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And the best source of vitamin D is the sun. And besides vitamin D, the sun will probably convert about 50 different hormones or enzyme systems in your skin that your body needs. Remember, vitamin D is a hormone, really, more than a vitamin uh, by itself. So it stimulates all, a cascade of healthy uh, changes that make your immune system work better. And I should point out that your face is not the best way to get vitamin D. It's a very small surface area. You want your chest, your back, your legs. So walking on the beach is smart. And, and again, just to support Dr. Governor DeSantis, he, you're not allowed to lie on the beach. You can only walk on the beach. So right. you you got to you know walk down there. You can't bring a towel and a beach chair and a cooler and a barbecue setup. I don't know you if you're like me. I don't know how people sit on the beach all day. Did you? Yeah, like, I, I have family I, members, exactly, they can sit there all freaking day. And I'm like, I can't sit there for five minutes without coming out of my skin. What condition is that? Do you have a medical condition for that? <laughs> there is. Hannity-itis. It runs, it, it <laughs> By the way, people. a lot of liberals have that disease. They don't particularly love Hannity, um, uh, <laughs> especially at the New York Times. Um, and uh, stay tuned on that. But anyway, so the challenges are going to be different for every state. But, uh, you know, I keep going back to this one thing. It is interesting because all of the grocery stores around where I've been in both the city and Long Island, they're all stocked. And I see the guys, you know, re filling the shelves every day, and they're wearing masks and gloves, thankfully. And some now are limiting how many people can go in at a time. That's fine with me, too. And they're setting aside certain times of the day for older people that maybe have underlying health conditions. I think that might be a good idea, too. And But the farmers are farming, the packers are packing, the truck drivers are, are trucking, and the medical uh, production and manufacturing has not stopped to support those frontline heroes in your community in medicine, nurses, doctors, and orderlies, and, and people, janitors in hospitals. I mean, if these people ever shut down, we wouldn't be able to deal with this at all. No, and the, the, the crisis we did have for a while, which was getting the material from the farm to the store, that's getting better. Of course, you know that you know, we're losing significant amounts of meat production in America because many of the people who have been working in those plants have now gotten sick, and so that there's some issues in the actual production of the of the food we eat, but frankly, eating vegetables is probably better for you anyway right now. So uh, a lot of these things are worth doing. And I just want to emphasize, since you brought it up, you know, we want to take the vulnerable population, the people that are at risk, and move them to vital, to really healthy and on their best game. And if you can take yourself from having a risk factor like diabetes or high blood pressure or lose some weight is a, is a good example, you'll take yourself out of that group that's not allowed to leave your home for the first two cycles. And you not only will be able to go out and earn money and do all fun things, but if you got to get the virus, you're less likely to fall prey to it. So I put this whole program together, Vulnerable to Vital. It's on DrOz.com, but it's all free. I'm getting, you know, meditation if it's, you know, frustration that's getting your blood pressure up. But if it's not me, get somebody's program. There's certainly a lot of ideas out there how to deal with diabetes and blood pressure and fix your problem. You're 
you're locked up at home right now for a couple more days anyway, and for many of you a couple more weeks, take advantage of it. And one last little thing, if you don't mind, I think we need to double down on basic supplies that we are going to need starting in some parts of the country next week, which is things like masks and gloves. And we're not going to have enough of them if we don't start beefing up. Masks, gloves, thermometers. The president is using the Defense Production Act for swabs. Um, Are we going to have enough of the agents needed for the testing? I mean, I know it's all hands on deck. We ended up getting all the ventilators we needed, and now we're going to have more than we ever dreamed of and could ever use, but it's done. Uh, the masks, too, have been massive numbers produced and more being produced millions every day. Uh, but I think you're right. I think it's I think that's the key to opening. I mean, listen, I, I'll just accept in New York that if I enter a building, my temperature is checked. I might have to, you know, wear a mask and gloves. I don't can't actually wear it on TV. I don't think that's functionally possible. And uh, but I can do it safely and everyone around me can wear one. Right. You don't need to wear it on TV because you're socially isolated then, right? There's no one within six feet. If you no. if you got a quarter Not office, even close. Nobody wants to be near me, ever. Exactly. <laughs> don't worry. But, but, and most of us, you know, when we're home, back with the quarantine group, it's a little different. But I, I'm going to wear a mask. Why would I not? Why would I take a chance? And I think most of us are going to get very comfortable pulling masks out of our bags and using them yeah. and disposing of them the right way. There was a whole story again about people throwing their masks on the ground, which is, you know, material you don't want to have to touch. We'll get comfortable. It'll be part of our new psyche for the next year. Once the vaccine's out there, you know, we'll be past it, hopefully. First. But masks is going to be part of the future for a while. So we ought to have a bunch of them. And then we don't right. make that many in America. <laughs> uh, we, well, now we do. I mean, in, it's now all hands do. on deck. Uh, Dr. Oz, always helpful. Thank you. Um, people getting this information is crucial. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. Uh, when you're on the road, you want to be safe, right? Okay. Now, I used to do my own tune-ups, brakes. I would change, you know, alternators and starters and solenoids and batteries. I even did my own body work, etc. Now I look under the hood of a car. What do you see? Electronic everything. I mean, forget it. Computers everywhere. Sensors everywhere. I couldn't even begin to navigate through that. Now, when your car breaks, it's that much more expensive because it's that much more complicated. And so carshield.com, that's that's why they have this available for you. And you want to make sure you're safe, your family's safe when you're out on the road. And the great thing about carshield.com, they'll they'll cover a car with 5,000, 155,000 miles on it. They include 24-7 roadside assistance. You make the decision where you want the repair done, your favorite mechanic or your dealership. Uh, They give you a free rental car while yours is being fixed. And all you have to do is go to carshield.com. Use the promo code Hannity. You'll save 10%. Carshield.com, promo code Hannity, or call 800-CAR-6000 and mention my name. All right? This way you, your family, are safe and secure, and you're covered for any big, expensive repair. Uh, All right, so... We have all of the issues, wet markets, China. We now had, we had Peter Navarro on Hannity last night talking at length about the uh, profiteering by China as they, they literally knew before anybody else the real scope and danger of coronavirus. They weren't telling anybody in the world the truth, but they were, you know, buying as many supplies, masks, you name it, necessary. And now they're selling it at huge markups, really. The worst thing they did, besides not telling the world the truth, not engaging the world so we could contain this, there was the British study that said 
95% of this mess could have been prevented. And I'd also advise closing these wet markets. But then when they decided to close down all travel within China, in and out of Wuhan province, uh, that told that tells us how severe they thought the problem was. But the problem there is they let international flights continue. People could lo- leave Wuhan. They couldn't fly anywhere else in China, but they could fly everywhere else in the world. Uh, how do we deal with this? We have the Cotton Bill and the Ben Crenshaw Bill. We have other bills that would actually move now to uh, allow people to sue. It's happening in Missouri. Uh, what about all the debt that China uh, has purchased from the U.S.? Maybe they should forgive it. Senator Marsha Blackburn and Senator Mar- uh, Martha McSally, Tennessee, Arizona, respectively, are with us, and they have introduced the Stop China uh, Originated Viral Infectious Disease Act uh, that would stop you know, allow Americans to sue China in U.S. courts, et cetera. Um, anyway, guys, welcome to the program. Thank you. Hey, Good thanks, to be with you. All right, uh, Senator Blackburn, let's start with you. Okay. The Stop COVID Act, what Martha and I wanted to do was to find a way to make communist China, to have them uh, legally and financially liable for what they have done. And through the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, there is a provision that eliminates sovereign immunity for states that spread biological agents. And COVID-19 fits that category under 18 U.S.C. 178. And we know that DOJ is looking at how they go at China for weaponizing uh, COVID-19. The steps the sins of omission and commission that China did made this pandemic worse. And the U.S. citizen needs a right of action in the courts to go in. And U.S. courts have this jurisdiction under the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act. But they need to seek the compensation for the damage that's been done for loss of life and loss of livelihood. Martha McSally, you know, you're having a less severe outbreak in Arizona, um, but everybody's got to take uh, protective measures. I know they're opening Tennessee where Marshall Blackburn is, but let's talk about this in particular and, and your participation in this. Absolutely. Um, China covered this up. They lied to their citizens. They're continuing to lie to the world. Uh, and there are Arizonans and, and uh, citizens of Tennessee and all over America who are no longer with us uh, because of this. And we have livelihoods and the economic impact is so severe. So Marsha and I are partnering together on this. This is a, you know, all the above strategy. We got to use all the branches of the government, bringing in the judicial branch, allowing individuals who have been impacted by loss of life and loss of livelihoods and holding China accountable uh, by allowing them to sue. Uh, There's precedence in this. And, you know, in 2016, there was, I think $1.5 billion awarded to uh, the families of Americans that were killed in the Beirut bombings, uh, awarded by an Iranians uh, because of their state sponsorship of that attack. So uh, I'm uh, proud to partner with Marsha on this, and we're partnering with uh, Representative Lance Gooden. And this is very clearly we all need to use every tool we have in the toolbox to hold China accountable, to hold this China communist government accountable uh, for the impact that they're having that's wide and deep on lives and livelihoods in America. 
More than 22 million Americans have lost their jobs. Uh, what, you know, worldwide, we have, what, over 150,000 deaths, uh, yeah. 46,000 in America alone. That's a lot of people. This bill would, uh, would allow uh, the American families who've lost loved ones, business owners, to hold them accountable. What about should, should we as a country consider... Um, not paying back the debt that they have purchased, which I understand they're trying to sell off, Marsha Blackburn. Yes, indeed they are. And this is something that we are working on right now, is when the payment comes due on U.S. debt that China holds, which is right over $1.08 trillion, what we want to do is have China waive that Sean, they have cost us $6 trillion. It appears that this is going to have a $5 trillion impact on our economy, and China needs to be held responsible and accountable for this. And having them waive the debt is one way to do that, which we can. You're going to phase that in over a period of years as that debt matures and the payment comes due. I think that has to happen, and I wouldn't give the WHO a single penny moving forward. Uh, Your thoughts, uh, Senator McSally? Uh, Well, I I think was the first one to call on the WHO director to resign. Uh, They have been parroting the propaganda from China. We expect organizations like this uh, to be, uh, you know, giving us information on how to address this pandemic, and instead uh, they seem to be complicit in uh, China's disinformation campaign. So this is deeply troubling. A lost faith in them and needs to be restored in the midst of this pandemic. I learned this in the military. In order to build trust again, you've got to uh, have new leadership, a full investigation uh, into their decision-making process. We're their number one funder. China's number 16. Kuwait gives more money to the WHO than China does. So why are they kowtowing By the way, to China? Why, why are they categorized as a developing nation? Okay, we're a developing nation, too. We'll pay the, yeah. we'll pay the little bit that they pay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when you add in all other payments, they drop down to number 16, not number 3. So uh, this is uh, ridiculous, and we need to use, again, all elements we have of national power to hold them accountable. Another one also is making sure that Chinese companies, Chinese communist-owned companies, do not take advantage of vulnerable American companies right now financially uh, and buy them up and get investments in them. So there's another piece of this uh, that we've been engaging on on the Armed Services Committee to stop that from happening. Uh, Wouldn't put it past them. They're trying to supplant us as a global power. We're not going to let them do it. President Trump's been leading on this. Americans are now waking up to it. And we got to use every lever we have to stop them. Uh, totally agree. All right. So the next question is, I, you know, we got to open up the country. We got to open it up safely and, and securely. And then we're going to have other challenges as well. Uh, Marsha Blackburn, your state of Tennessee is opening up. I believe the same in Arizona. Uh, I'm sorry, Senator uh, Blackburn, Senator McSally. I mean, how do we do it? How do we do it safely? New York obviously has unique challenges. One of the things that you will see in Tennessee and with our governor, who has done a terrific job on this, we hear from every employer they want to open up safely. They're going to handle the opening in a smart, systematic, strategic way. They're going to make certain that there are proper sanitation processes in place, whether it's manufacturing or retail or office space. 
and everyone wants to be safe. There is no one that wants to give COVID to a coworker or a family member, and people want to make certain that we move past this. You know, Sean, people want to go back to work. They want to earn that paycheck, and because of that, they're going to wear hats, eyewear, masks, gloves, whatever it takes to be able to begin to return to a normal process. And I was talking to country star Chris Jansen last night. He's got a song they're releasing on Friday, and it's a great anthem. It put me back to work. And that really is what the American people are saying right now. Let's do this right. Let's do it safely. But let's get ourselves back to work. Last word, Senator McSally. Absolutely. Look, uh, people have been uh, doing their part in order to save lives. This is not an on-off switch. It's a, a real stat, and there's a way for us to safely return to work, learn best practices from the essential businesses who are using PPE and disinfecting and still functioning, protecting the vulnerable, supporting the healthcare workers, and we can do this all together. It's not having to be one or the other. Do it smartly, safely. And with the antibody testing developed right here at the University of Arizona, we'll know which of our healthcare workers are immune, and that's going to help us make good decisions to safely allow people to return to work at the governor's direction. All right, Senator McSally, Senator Blackburn, great to have you both. Thank you for the update. Dale is in Chicago. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Thanks for taking the call, and I uh, love the show. Hey, listen, when you were talking about Pelosi earlier, a couple things came to mind. About a year ago, she said that Congress was the superior branch of government. I remember that. Uh, delusions of grandeur, we all heard that one. Well, now, um, I think she's declaring herself non-essential. The president's hard at work. The Supreme Court's working. And the janitor holding all the keys to Congress, you know, won't open the doors. <laughs> so, you know, I th- that's the kind of the way I see it. I, I wonder what your thoughts were on that. You know, look, uh, she is non-essential. And frankly, she's uh, more of a destructive force between, you know, withholding the needed aid at the time for workers and small businesses and and hospitals and supplies you know but there's another part of all of this we're not and then this is not printing machine money here this is real money that you know one day will have to be dealt with that's why i think china taking responsibility financially has has got to be a part of the equation and and how we rectify this uh similarly stopping these wet markets which are you know apparently laboratories for viruses not in a lab but in other words you you tend to have these exotic animals bats in particular snakes i guess and others um where these transmissions can happen in nature and i'll tell you the the next thing is their profiteering has got to stop and and we we have to reevaluate too our production you know keeping open our production lines in this country can't involve agents pharmaceuticals in china going forward but Nancy Pelosi, yeah, she's been pretty much a destructive force and has done nothing productive that I can see till now, like is as per usual. Uh, Alicia is in Houston on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Hey there, Sean. Uh, I'm an internist in Houston on the front lines, and I want to first say that I've been following you. Well, for thank decades. you, by the way. My, my, ne- my niece is a doctor down there. She's in uh, awesome. OBGYN. Yeah. Oh, but you are my hero with this fight against the deep state. Um, you know, I think this is a purposeful attempt to ruin the Trump economy. And it's like a fight of good against evil. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about there is a technology that actually exists now that will allow us to reopen our economy 
the whole world economy. And I've, I've shared it with uh, Jerome Adams, Trump, all my senators, and nobody seems to listen. It's kind of like my five kids, okay? I don't have any affiliation with this technology or any company, but here's the deal. Um, there is something called FAR UVC lighting, um, and they have all sorts of applications. You can replace all recessed lighting in the ceiling with it. You can uh, have portals that emit it when people. In are other going words, that would pick way. up people's temperatures. No, no, it, it, it's ninety-nine point nine percent kill rate of all viruses, including COVID. Bacteria, including TB, uh, MRSA. Listen, you're the internist. I've not heard of that. I, I did talk about this. Brickhouse Security is the name of the company. I don't know anybody there or anything about it, except that they have these sort of turnstile temperature uh, takers, you know, and that are that literally um, with zero contact. And you could put mass amount of people walking through it, which would help for stadiums, for example, uh, when those open up. But. I'd not heard of it. I don't know anything about it. I'm just taking your word for it. But um, if that were true, I would think we would have employed it by now. Um, I'll look into it. I'll take a look. Thank you. All right, Leonard Skinner, simple man, only means one thing, and that is Bill O'Reilly. All things O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. Um, all right, so earlier in the program, I was talking about Ellen. We're all going through tough times. Everybody knows the seriousness of this. Everybody, you know, everybody's, you know, tight like a drum, you know, concerned, worried, health. As the president said to uh, fake news Acosta, uh, there's no happy talk, Jim. It's about death. Ellen, Ellen does a little bit. She's a comedian, Bill O'Reilly, simple man, a comedian. And they're beating the crap out of her because she told a joke from, quote, her mansion and she said, oh, well, I feel like, you know, I'm a prisoner. And she's like, well, that's not funny for real prisoners in your mansion to say these sort of things. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's nuts. Now, you wrote something today, and I read it, and I laughed. Had some uh, time last night as the disco remains closed, so I watched much of the White House <laughs> contagion briefing, which might be still going on. The Ten Commandments movie is shorter than these things. Anyway, and then you get serious after that. I'm like, are we at that point? I mean... You know, can we not take a few minutes a day and just say, okay, look, we can breathe for a minute and then we'll get back to the serious all the time? Well, you know, everybody has an agenda and the people attacking Ellen, they want to basically get on the side of the regular folks and and disparage wealthy Americans because they're spoiled. You know what it is. Um, I think humor in this Ellen donated a million dollars, Bill. It's a COVID nineteen relief. Ten million doesn't matter. They want to. The people who do these things want to set up straw men or women, and that means that if Ellen is around and does something they find objectionable, they'll pillar Ellen. They don't care what kind of person she is or how generous she is. They've done it to you and me for what more than two decades. They set us up and they and they whack us. Um, but humor is. By the way, I bet needed. I now have finally have you beat as they pretty much called me a murderer in the New York Times. <laughs> you know, I saw that, and I'm not even going to make a wise comment about it because it was so despicable um, that I, I'm, I mean, they're almost breaking new records for lows over there. 
And I'm just saying to myself, what in God's name allows you to continually try to harm people? That's what it comes down to. Hey, hey, hey Bill, Canada, they were wrong on the facts. They, 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 the, the person that they were talking about, apparently a well-loved person, a bar owner in Brooklyn. Yeah, he was on his cruise before you even said anything. Yeah, they well, called me for March that. 9th. The guy had already left, and the right. whole the whole piece is implying that I that he listened to me and, and decided it was safe to go. But I have a timeline it. that says just the opposite. They did it to hurt you and the company you work for. And as I said, you and I have been through this for more than two decades. But it gets to the point now where, yes, they'll use somebody's death to try to hurt you in an dishonest way because they know they're not going to be held accountable for it. There's no accountability in the media. It's the only organization, the only uh, entity in this country where there's no accountability. There's no election. You, you, there's no sponsorship in the sense that you don't have to buy their product. The New York Times knows it can be as vile as it wants to be, and it's still going to hold its far-left readership. So, but let's get back to a really important but point. Humor is well, needed. Let me ask you this. I, I want to get back to this. You stay on your focus. Keep it in your head about humor. All right. But here's my – I really want to ask you this, though. You know, at, I want to ask the mob questions. I brought this up on TV tonight. I want to know from every Democrat that bludgeons Trump every day, never has a nice thing to say about the guy ever, if in retrospect, 10 days after the first identified case of coronavirus in the country, he put the travel ban in effect – followed by the quarantine, followed by subsequent travel bans. Was that a good decision? I'd like to ask all of them. And I'd also like to ask them, well, we've had the largest medical and fastest medical mobilization in the history of this country. What did Donald Trump do that you think, well, I want, I think everybody should answer that. But they don't have an answer. So they're just going to basically say, oh, he should have done it before. And he should have known before. And look what he said at Davos. It was under control. Didn't ever, ever in a million years are you going to have a discussion where they'll see the point, because that's not what the agenda is. The agenda is a twofold agenda, as I report tonight on BillOReilly.com. The first is that Donald Trump is uh, irresponsible. He shouldn't be president of the United States. And he, he put every American in danger because he didn't uh, warn everybody about the pandemic early enough. That's number one. Okay, and they're never going to back away from that. You can point out that no other world leader did it. You can point out that three debates were broadcast uh, um, with Democratic candidates and moderators, and not one person brought it up between January 1st and February 28th. You can point all that out. They're never going to back away. And the second agenda is you've got to defeat Trump in November, and we're going to try to tie the COVID virus um, horror around his neck to do it. And that's it. There's nothing more to it. So you're never going to get a rational explanation. You'll never get an answer to a very logical question because they have two things that they're going to do no matter what anybody says. And it's so dishonest and disheartening. It's tragic for this country. Hey, Bill, as respected as Dr. Fauci is, and I, and I mean this, this is not a diss on him at all. February 29th, he was saying the risk is low. Uh, Anderson Cooper, Everybody March 4th, was. was saying it. You know, March 2nd, Cuomo was saying it. Now, in part, I would say a lot of it was based on lies from China. 
Um, even March 9th, Fauci said healthy young people can take a cruise. Um, Look, I'm not, you know. You, but but you're, you're listing facts that are just going to be ignored. I mean, it's going to be ignored. They don't care about the facts. By the way, O'Reilly, that's the story of my life. People ignore me. People no, they're not listen. ignoring you. They're ignoring, they're ignoring <laughs> the reality of the situation because they don't care about it because they hate Trump and want him out. That's what it's all about. They're not interested in protecting the American people. They're not interested in doing anything positive at all. They just want him out. And they'll use anything and everything to get him out. And let me give you another example of a campaign that I'm on, and I want to know if you're going to back me on this. I want all professional sporting teams open by May 15th. I want Major League Baseball playing in the uh, spring training parks, no fans, okay? I want the NHL and the NBA in their own arenas, no fans. Players tested every three days, so you can't have a contagion. They're monitored every three days, all personnel, TV, radio, everybody that's involved, all the front office, all the coaches tested every three days. That would be a tremendous morale boost in this country, are you with me? A hundred percent, and I'm even going to add to it. I would like for MLB, the NHL, the NFL, NBA, I like them all to get together. It's, it's going to be easier, I think, for outdoor stadiums. And I want a plan that they can, maybe they start every third seat. Maybe when you go to Yankee Stadium, Bill, and I know you like to go to Yankee games, that you got to get your temperature taken, you got to wear a mask, and you got to wear gloves. Okay, but we can do that. Right, but we I'm can, with you. I, oh, yeah, do it without the crowds and test them. I agree. I'm in. We have to see what happens in Georgia. We have to get a little more data before that. But you can do this immediately. So you've right. got to give the players the test time and the uh, training time. You can't open it tomorrow. But May 15th, you can open it. That gives them three weeks to train, three weeks to test, so that you know every player doesn't have it. And then you get the TV and radio in there, and you give the country something to look forward to. This is called helping during the pandemic. Now, I want you to tell President Trump to do this, or me and you are going to have to come down to the White House, and he doesn't want that. Uh, I love how you say me. I mean, you know, Bill, you're Bill O'Reilly. You pick up the phone. You're a simple man. Call the White House him, and tell the president. He likes you. So <laughs> I mean, if you that's a rumor. Do it, how do you know he likes me? Because um, half the stuff he does is what you. Is no, what you stop. Do that's not. TV by the way, show. that is not true. I will tell no, you this listen, about he, Donald he, Trump. He, Donald Trump. You know this. You've known him like I have for decades. He does listen way more than people think. He but he also, but he makes up his own mind, Bill, just like nobody can does. really tell you what to do either. Let's be no. real. But he respects your perspective. And, and yours. And that's a good thing. And a lot of people. And other people, not just you. But if you, Hannity, I think the most powerful broadcaster oh, right boy, now in the country... And I'm not just saying it, Hannah. You know, I mock you all the time. Jeez. But I don't know of anybody more powerful at this point in you history. Called than you called me ugly and, and fat last week, if you recall, because I do recall that. Well, I have to be accurate. <laughs> so you're the most powerful guy in the country. If you tell him, the president you, with all he's due a, respect. I, I'm going to give you some good news. He's already been speaking about it publicly, so he's he's ahead of both of us, well, we and, and that's 15, it, that is we, in the works. 
you, you're just giving a date, but I think he's. I think they they've all been in touch with. Look, I talked to Randy Levine at the Yankees. You know Randy. Sure. And let me tell you, these these teams are chomping at the bit. They're ready. They're ready. They want to, and, and the players want to play. In charge. Tell them put me in charge, and I'll make it smooth. Listen, I I, I want to. You know why? It's it's good. You're right. It's good for our psyche. It's good for the country. Yes. We open up the country. All That's of that right. is true. And, and I still think we can get people stuff. in outdoor stadiums, too. If the choice is, Bill O'Reilly, answer this question, that to go to a Yankee game, you got to get your temperature checked. Maybe, you know. Well, yeah, you we'll would do wanna... that in June. Okay. After okay. Yeah, exactly. Maybe every other seat to start with three seats, whatever they decide. They give you a Yankee a mask as you walk in the door. You take your temperature. Yeah, you wear the Yankee mask, right. You wear the mask. You wear the gloves. You sit down and you sip beer through a straw. I'm in. Look. It can be done. It can be done responsibly. But the most important thing now is morale. You put the games on TV and radio. You give people a little relief, all right, and everybody wins because the economy has helped. You have the advertising on TV and all of that. So let's get it done. Let's be positive and do the things we can do. And that's my campaign on BillOReilly.com. I'm absolutely thrilled you're with me, Hannity, because you and me, two Irish guys, if you know, they don't want to go up against us both. You know that. I don't think, Bill. I don't think they care. They just make it up as they go. Oh, and by the way, stay tuned, Bill O'Reilly. We got a lot of news that you'll be reading about pretty in pretty short order. I think. I'm just guessing, though. I, you know, what do I know? I'm not a simple man. Um, I'm very complicated, like you're complicated in a sense. All right, we got to take a break. Stay there. BillOReilly.com. All things O'Reilly. All right, Bill O'Reilly with us, BillOReilly.com. I have proof positive, by the way, that, that the president is, makes up his own mind. You ready? Yep. Okay. How many people, including myself at different times during the campaign, for example, said, you got to stop tweeting? Did he ever stop? No. He makes up his own mind, Bill. But I, I would highly recommend if, you know, you want to no, sell no, him on I, the Bill O'Reilly open up. Look, I, re- I wrote the book, The United States of Trump, and I basically said he doesn't listen to anybody. However, no, he, he does, does listen, listen. In, 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 a, in a way that's very interesting. So I didn't want to imply that you can tell him what to do. Of course you can't. He's the president. He'll make the decision. But you and I both know how much he likes sports. You know that he's looking to raise morale in a country, and this is a perfect way to do it. So no, if you I, I, say, listen, I'm on Team O'Reilly on this. I think your idea is great, and and I'm, and I'm glad that you agree with me that as soon as we can safely open up a, an outdoor stadium, even if it means temperature checks, gloves, and masks, you're on board for that. I, but it's got to be safe. It. Yeah, we got Absolutely. to. Absolutely. How do you feel about all this money? Because I'm worried about inflation. Well, you got to do it. So I, when you have to do something, like win World War Two. You have to do it. And so I am a very conservative fiscal guy, as you know, always have been. But we'll deal with it later. I asked him that when I did the radio interview with President Trump. And I said, can you get this debt under control in your second term if you're reelected? He goes, yes, absolutely, I can. So it becomes a top priority once we defeat the pandemic. But we have to defeat the illness. It has to be done. It's not when, I mean, sorry, it's not if experts say it's when you're going to have these hot spots and rebounds. How do we deal with that? You just have to put it into perspective that you well, You better go easy here. You're going to get clobbered. Well, just, I don't care. You well, can't. It's not a magic wand. So the greater good has to take hold. 
and you have to get Americans into a position where they're solvent and can buy food. You know who did a great job? With the highest percentage of, of older people in the country, one of the lowest rates of, of death and contracting of the disease is Florida. Because they went into like the villages and all these you know older people areas, and they took control immediately. Got 20 seconds. Yeah, and then people are listening. California the same way. You've got to give San Francisco probably the worst-run city in the universe credit. The I hate there. to tell you that the dope. We have, you know, Madam Ice Cream, designer ice cream Pelosi, February twenty fourth, saying, "Come to Chinatown." Right, but the mayor, London Breed, another radical leftist, very early on said, "Hey, you got to stay away from each other." All right, we got to roll. BillOReilly.com. Thank you, sir. All things simple, man. When we come back, your calls. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. Listen, I want to remind you from our friends at LifeLock, everyone's, someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. You need to protect your finances, your name, your good reputation. Uh, and let me tell you something. It's more easier now than ever, and these identity thieves are working harder because it's, you know, these firewalls that your corporations have, you probably don't have at home. And they detect the widest range of identity threats, your social security number, if they detect your information, you get an alert. If your identity is stolen, they have a team of restoration specialists that will fix it for you, and they'll see the threats that you would miss on your own. Now, low annual rate, but on top of that, when you go to lifelock.com, call 1-800-LIFELOCK, you'll get an additional 25% off your first year. Just use the promo code Hannity. Uh, all right, so we it's expect at some point in this half hour, not sure when, that the coronavirus task force briefing will take place. Not exactly sure when, but it's definitely going to happen. A quick uh, programming reminder that uh, on Hannity tonight, by the way, Dennis Miller is going to be back. Senator, I'm sorry, Governor Ron DeSantis is going to join us. Kevin McCarthy tonight. Uh, Judge Janine, Matt Gates, Ryan's previous. Um, If you don't have a sense of humor, well, then, you know, we do need a little time to laugh. It will help all of us. Um, and you know, I, it's, it's a lot of death. There's nothing funny about death. Everyone takes it seriously. Nobody's minimizing any of it. Um, but comedians are great at what they do because that's what they're, uh, that's a big part of, of what, why we are attracted to, uh, comedians. The, the, they re- you laugh, it releases dopamine in your brain and you feel better. Uh, that's not harmful. It's actually good for your health. Just like vitamin D and sunshine. Um, we're going to compare to these numbers in Florida are amazing. How did they do it? And Governor DeSantis is going to explain. I'm going to like compare it not to the Northeast, which is, I think is unique in in its own way, but like a state like Michigan. I mean, the governor there, Governor Whitmer has done a horrific job, but they did a great job in Florida. Uh, all right, let's go by back to our phones and say hi to Cindy in Wyoming. Hey, Cindy, how are you? And, uh, I guess you have a lot of social distancing where you are out there, which is good. We do. We do. You know, I heard uh, John Barrasso say um, we've been practicing it for 130 years. Uh, What, social distancing? Yes, yes. That's true. But you know what? You still have restaurants, right? Pardon? You have restaurants. Are they open? Um, no, it's, uh, we, we're not, we're closed, the restaurants and the hair places and things like that. And so um, but we're doing you know, curbside and, and, you know, delivery and things like that. 
By the way, I yeah. like going to my favorite restaurants. I have like you know some of my favorite restaurants. I like Mario's Pizza. Uh, I love Rothman's and La Pazetta, Chris and Tony's. You know, all great people. And yep. I'm just trying to you know trying to call in and and order and pick up and all that stuff as much as I can. Because I know these guys are all struggling, and they want to keep their workers working as many as possible, and they, they yeah. want to keep their doors open. Yeah. They don't want to have to close down after all this. I know, and they told me I wasn't supposed to talk about this other stuff, but I have to tell you, please listen. We had this Dad's Donut. It's a small business, locally mm-hmm. owned. They put on their Facebook that they needed to make $5,000 before, or they were going to have to close down because their small business loan. Oh, they, they didn't get it. You know what? People were in line for three hours to get those donuts. And they made their quota. Is this like Krispy Kreme donuts? donuts? I mean, what's so Is this like no. the great donut shop of all time? That's, a, just, that's an amazing story. Okay, we're in Cheyenne's population, mm-hmm. 60,000. Um, there's three donut shops. So, you know, no, it's just that they needed help. And our community is so fantastic that they went out and people waited in line. The, they had to get the cops out there to, you know, do traffic. Socially distance the people in line to get their donuts. Um, by the way, what a great story. Uh, I've been to Cheyenne. It's beautiful there. And I will tell you, that is an awesome story. And I'll tell you, I, I like I remind my friends, too, like we kind of like share information and this place is open and this place has pick up. And, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I just I, I, I actually went in socially distant to one of my favorite restaurants. And on, I don't know, two weekends ago and I had a beer with the owner from a distance. And we're just talking about how he's trying to keep his workers up and working. And, and they, you know, that he can't keep everybody working, but he's keeping as many as possible working. Um, and his base audience, um, audience, his base customer base is, is rising to the occasion and they're helping just like what you're describing. It's fantastic. But what I called for was my girls live in Brooklyn and they have been in their apartments for uh, 45 plus days and they were the first, uh, one of the first ones to lose their jobs because, you know, they're service workers and um, have not been able to collect their unemployment because they cannot get through. They um, are. Those their- che- they were 80 million checks deposited directly. I think it was last week or the week before. These days run together for me, but they didn't get it. They didn't they get the help their- then. They did get their um, stimulus money, but okay. not their unemployment. Nope. Neither one of them have been able. One of my well, daughters. That would be the state of New York. That is the federal yeah. government. I, they did a really good job of getting they out did. early That for 80 million people. Yeah. I know there were some glitches on the small business loans uh, that got fixed. Right, right. Now, the Senate passed the additional funding for that. And, uh-huh. you know, now we're finding out, I guess, you know, Big companies are also getting those monies. And I'm not saying that that some of them shouldn't use it. I just like when the issue of Harvard came up and they have, you know, nearly a 40 billion dollar endowment in that particular case. But they listen, there might be other factors, too. They might have, you know, a fiduciary responsibility to partners A, B, C and D that you don't know about. And legally, they couldn't do it if they wanted to. I don't know. So I'm not judging that either, to be very blunt, um, because we don't know. 
But, you know, that's a lot of endowment money, and they say they're going to use it to help students. They already have all the money in the world that they would ever need to help all their students out. And when you hear a, when you hear a uh, school, Harvard, getting all that money, you're just like, what the heck? And then, mm-hmm. you know, and my daughters, they're going on their second month. They won't be able to pay their rent. By the way, they, they can leave their apartment, you know. They're allowed well, to walk in the streets of New York. To, yeah, they go to the bodega next door and um, right. have food delivered in. So that's all they're doing. And Listen, I would, their... if you can, as long as you're socially distant you're, in New York, the last I heard of Governor Cuomo, which was a few days ago, there's mandatory masks if you're not socially distant. But, you know, if they can put their masks on and, and you know, go walk. Um, and I think the fresh air and some sunlight is going to help a lot of people out. I try to get outside at least a little bit every day but let me move on cindy god bless you in wyoming that's a great story about the donut shop um i would buy them and then probably throw them in the garbage because i'll eat them all uh i i mean it but just to help them out though uh joe in wisconsin's a trucker truckers haven't uh well they've they've been working they've been trucking packers packing farmers farming so they they were never shut down because if they were we'd be you know dead in new york right now how are you doing sir I'm doing good, Sean, but I got a bone to pick with you. All right, go ahead. I, I love your show. I'm a Trump supporter. But, but this debate of how to open up the country, okay. it's real simple. We all have free will. If you want to wear a mask, gloves, and I don't care if you wear a helmet in case you're afraid the sky's going to fall, then by all means go do it. But to sit there and dictate to everybody... I, if I'm irresponsible and don't wear a mask, but you're wearing one, you have nothing to fear of me. Listen, I, 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 I understand, and I read at the beginning of the show today all of these different things. My advice to my audience is err on the side of caution. And I would wear the mask and wear the gloves, and, and nobody is going to give a flying rip. I don't know why people, you know, it's not that big a deal because I'm doing it. Now, the problem is, is when you get into the work, environment and and listen where you are in wisconsin joe i promise you it's a lot different than new york city and long island right now and if you want to open up new york city i'm telling you you, you're going to have to keep half the workforce home for a while um probably fairly extended period of time and those that go into big new york buildings if you want to open it up and open it safely and not go back to shutting down the whole thing again you're gonna have you're gonna need cooperation from people and that would be temperature checks to get into a building that would be wearing a mask and and gloves at work and it's you know for the safety of others it would probably have to be mandatory again but new york is the anomaly here you know you've got this very small geographic area with millions of people but in terms of outside of the country and you know where maybe you are and so many others are the i'm not disagreeing with you at all Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, my family represents two of the professions that have been in the front lines. My wife's been a nurse for 30 years. All right, so what are you going to do in Wisconsin if you want to go to a a restaurant? And the restaurant restaurant has a rule, hey, for the safety of our customers, it's not a great example because it's kind of hard to wear a respirator. But let's say, just for the sake of argument, that when you're not chewing, you got to you got to wear a mask. Let's I know it's a, it's not the best example, but you know, now is sh- should you be able to walk in and say I don't give a rip what 
what the rules are for this particular restaurant, or should the restaurant, out of an abundance of caution for their customers, be able to make that decision? I believe the owner of that business has every right to request you wear a mask, and as a customer, I have every right to spin on my heels and walk away. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody gets to make okay, a choice. Okay, that's a fair answer, because you're not, you're, not, you're not forcing the restaurant owner to do something that he, he would consider unsafe in this environment. Now, look, there's definitely, look, civil liberties, medical privacy, constitutional rights, they don't go away in a pandemic. They just don't. And, and I think that was addressed really well by the attorney general. Uh, and saying, yeah, there might be temporary this, that, or whatever. But, you know, the argument is he may end up siding with people that are choosing themselves to do things their own way. Um, that, listen, that's, but that is part of a free society. I would argue to people, and I'm just I'm going into my own mind, my own thoughts here. I don't really think I'm at high risk of dying if I got COVID-19. That's my my opinion after reading more than I ever want to read about a virus in my life. That's my, um, you know, I'm very healthy. I'm in great shape. I don't have any compromised immune system, and I have no underlying conditions, none. I'm pretty healthy. But I would feel horrible if I ever contracted the virus. And maybe, and again, I talked about this in late January and every in early February about asymptomatic people that are shedding this virus. And now it was even worse than I thought back then when nobody was talking about that particular issue. I was asking Dr. Fauci on January 27th, February 10th. And that's why it's so slanderous what the, the mob and the media, especially the New York times did to me. And, but I wouldn't as a, as a person with a conscience and a soul who believes in God and believes in being a good neighbor, I would I'd feel like crap if I ever knew that I I could have possibly infected somebody. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. But at the same time, if that person that got it was exercising wearing a mask, if they're afraid of it or, you know, if they're concerned, it's not. Okay, Let me ask another them. question that you're, you're making a good point. All right. So now if in New York, again, this is kind of the epicenter right now, high concentration. Let's say you want to open Yankee Stadium. But the Yankees decide is their policy. You got to we're going to do temperature checks and you got to wear masks and gloves. Now, my personal choices and maybe maybe you separate people every other seat or whatever they decide. My choice would be I'd rather go to the game and wear the mask. But other people, what if they say, no, I'm not wearing a mask. What do you do then? Like apparently this Idaho woman that was in the park, they begged her for an hour not to leave the park that was closed. They had to arrest her. Um. You know, at that point, I feel bad that she wouldn't listen. I think there's got to be. I think most Americans are going to be considerate of their fellow Americans. That's my gut feeling. Your thoughts? I agree with you, but but again, I don't have to go to the game. It's not mandatory that I go to a game. And if that, right. a business owner has a right to set the rules, if I don't like the rules, then I just don't need to participate. Because I will tell you, I drive from all over the country. And when you drive by shopping malls, one after the other, empty parking lots, and God knows how many small businesses that I don't see from the interstate. Every day that this goes on, those are going to start falling away. And you know what? It, at some point, you just have to open it up. 
because you know you the attorney general addressed this very he cautioned state officials against certain directives austere quarantines business closures infringing on constitutional rights they don't go away during a pandemic or tough times uh, I think the president has had a very measured, balanced approach. I, I think it had the president not done all, all these things, starting with the travel ban, I think the numbers of deaths would be exponentially, incalculably much higher. So I think his guidance has been really superb. The medical mobilization at the speed of light that nobody in the mob will give him credit for and I think to the extent that governors don't impinge on civil liberties, medical privacy, national commerce, you know, if we didn't have truckers like you trucking and farmers farming and packers packing, guess what? New Yorkers would have starved to death. We would never have had the medicines. We would never have had the protective equipment for frontline heroes and hospitals. You guys made that happen. Because you didn't stop working. Even though everybody wants to pat us on the back, there's trucks that are finding it easier to park their truck right now than to actually run down the road. Because what's happening is when that pair of jeans isn't bought and all the thousands of other products, sooner or later, the I'm the agree with you. we got to open up the country. I, we got to do it. we got to do it safely. I totally agree with you. It's, we now, I agree and, and with most of what you're saying. There, there are certain unique challenges, certain areas that I, uh, but I think most Americans will cooperate. And especially if you give them the choice, you know, even Cuomo's saying he's not going to find people or arrest them if they don't wear their mask or listen. Quick break. Right back. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News Channel. Hope you will join us. We're loaded up. We got Kevin McCarthy. We got Dennis Miller. We got so much news and information. We'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.